Aren't you thankful for who He is tonight? That He is holy, He is righteous, He is faithful, and He is on His throne. Amen. Amen. I'm going to ask you to turn with me tonight to Psalm 51. Psalm chapter 51. We're going to begin at verse 10. If you find that, if you would, just stand briefly for the reading of God's Word and reverence to it. When you find that, Psalm 51 and verse number 10. This is the psalmist David writing here. It says, Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. Cast me not away from thy presence, and take not thine Holy Spirit from me. Catch verse 12. Restore unto me the joy of thy salvation, and uphold me with thy free, turn to your neighbors, say free, spirit. Let us pray tonight. God, we thank you for the spirit of worship we feel in this house. Father, we thank you that your Holy Spirit is here. And Lord, we ask that your Holy Spirit, through the, through the word that the Holy Spirit has written, would just move amongst your people tonight. Let us challenge and encourage them. In Jesus' name we pray, and the church says amen. You may be seated tonight. As I previously stated quickly, this is a psalm of David. This is David, the one that we read about throughout many Old Testament writings. This is David, the slayer of the bear, the slayer of the lion, and the slayer of Goliath. This is the David that they would sing songs about that Saul killed his thousands but David killed his tens of thousands. We see that David was this man that was, the Bible describes simply as a man that was after the very heart of God. He was anointed to be king. He was anointed to set up a throne that, that the Lord promised him would last forever. This was a man of great stature, great anointing, great ability, great authority. But we find in Psalm chapter 51 a different David, a David that we are not accustomed to hearing about or seeing. In this chapter, we see David the transgressor, the David the one that has fallen, David the one that has messed up, David the one that has grown distant from the Lord. You say, how, how do we know this? The Bible tells us in 2 Samuel chapter 11, that David committed adultery with a woman by the name of Bathsheba. And he committed adultery and to cover up the fact that in that act of adultery that he impregnated her to cover this up, uh, he had her husband killed. And the Bible tells us in the next chapter, in 2 Samuel chapter 12, uh, that the prophet Nathan comes to David and begins to correct him by the unction of the Spirit of the Lord. And he begins to have the audacity to walk into the king's very throne room, a king that could have the authority to have him executed. And he tells him, David, you're wrong. What you've done is wrong. You may think that you have covered it up. You may think that you are hiding from this. But God knows what you have done. Repent. Make things right. That's where we get this psalm. If you read 
at the beginning in many of your Bibles in, in verse 1 of chapter 51 of Psalms, uh, you see that it says, To the chief musician, a psalm of David, when Nathan the prophet came unto him after he had gone in to Bathsheba. This, this, this portion of scripture that we're reading tonight is simply his prayer, his song, his supplication to the Lord to forgive him. To forgive him. Notice with me what he is saying here. He says in verse 10, Create in me a clean heart, O God. Renew in me a right spirit. He says in verse 11, Cast me not away from thy presence and take not that Holy Spirit from thee. But focus in on verse number 12. Restore unto me the joy of thy salvation. The joy of my salvation, of thy salvation, and uphold me. That word in the original language can mean sustain me with thy free spirit. What David is simply saying: restore the joy of your salvation back to me, Lord, and sustain me with your spirit that grants me freedom. You say, what does this have to do with anything tonight? I'm not going to. To, to teach a, a message just to those that have fallen. How many knows that through, uh, through our walk with the Lord, there's times that we fall short. The Bible says that we all fall short of the glory of God. There are times that we make mistakes. There are times uh, that, that we do things that we should not do. And I, I want to preach to someone in the house that may be in that situation. But I really feel uh, that if you, you break it down, what has happened uh, is David got to a place in his spiritual walk uh, where he was distant with the Lord. Uh, and what began to happen is he opened himself up uh, to things he normally would not open himself up to and committed an act, an act that became a sin. But I want to preach to somebody tonight that you may not have sinned, but you just feel distant from the Lord. You feel distant from the Lord. You, you pray and you feel that nothing happens. Uh, maybe you're a dreamer and, and you haven't had any dreams in a while. Maybe you're someone that's operated in, in tongues and interpretation of that tongue and, and it hasn't happened in a while. Maybe you're someone uh, that's a singer or a worshiper and, and you haven't acted out on those things in a long time. Uh, God hasn't anointed you in those things in a long time. Maybe uh, a teacher, a Sunday school teacher, a preacher. Uh, I don't know what all of your stories are here today. Tonight, but I want you to understand this. It is hard in our flesh because the Bible says that the spirit that lives within us through Christ literally makes war against our flesh, and our flesh tries to rise up, and it's easy to grow distant with the Lord. Anybody say amen? Anybody ever been there? Somebody may be there tonight. It's easy to grow distant like David did with the Lord. We're talking about David, this, this man that danced before the Lord with all of his might. We're talking about David. Uh, the Bible says that, that he even would break protocol at times. He was a king. He was not to go in uh, to the holies of holies. But, but, but writers and the, uh, theologians believe that when he was writing Psalm 91, that he was leaning against uh, the very Ark of the Covenant. He was a man that was just different than everybody else. But Brother Michael, we see him in this passage and he's saying, Lord, I'm not right with you. I'm not where I need to be with you. 
God, make in me a clean heart. Do not take your Holy Spirit from me. But he says, restore. Turn to your neighbor and say, restore. He says, restore the joy of thy salvation. Restore the joy of thy salvation. That's what I want to preach to you tonight. To restore the joy. To restore the joy. We see a man... In, in Psalm 51, a, a man that literally would tell us in the next few verses that he is a man that is broken of a, and, and of a contrite spirit. He's a man that realizes that he's grown distant and he's begging and pleading for God to forgive him, to make things right, to get closer to the Lord. The Bible tells us that this is, this is we see a man that we, we have not seen before. David is in a situation that we're not accustomed to seeing him, but he begins to call out to God and says, I need my joy back. And I need my freedom back. I need my joy and I need my freedom back. So again, we see that David is in a tough place. He's in a difficult place. And he's crying out to God and he's saying, God, I just need you. I just need you. God, I, I, just, I just desire you again. You say, what, what does this have to do with us tonight? Here, here's what it has to do with us. Is we have to begin to cry out to God and say, God, I feel distant from you, but I need you to restore the joy of your salvation. Anybody ever heard the old saints of the church say, never get over getting saved? Church, I will tell you, salvation is the greatest gift that this life, that Jade Abrams has ever received. The greatest gift is the salvation that Jesus has purchased for us on his cross and through his resurrection. I tell you tonight, there's nothing like the joy of knowing that you're saved. But I find myself... In a time, in, in, in a day, in an hour, if you will, in the church, in this nation, uh, where joy seems to be absent in the church. We come in, we're stressed out. We feel like we're, 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 we're pressured to the max. We, we got 24 hours news cycles. That, used to, that, that wasn't a thing back in the day. You didn't have news 24 hours. But now you got Fox News, CNN, you got all of them going 24 hours. We didn't have 24-hour sports. We didn't have, we didn't have 24 hours. The only thing that was 24 hours was Steak and Shake and McDonald's and everything that would make you fat. It, 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 that, that's the, the, the era that, that I grew up in and then that many of you grew up in. But I, I want you to hear me tonight. That I see, uh, the Bible tells us in Psalms chapter 11 uh, that the the psalmist says, In thy presence, talking to the Lord here, uh, is fullness of joy. And we come into the house of God and the worshipers begin to worship and, and the preachers begin to preach and the teachers begin to teach. And, and we look around and I'll just be transparent with you tonight. Can I just love on you and be a pastor and just, just, just minister to your heart tonight? I just, I'm going to encourage you, trust me. But, but I, I just want to tell you, sometimes we have a hard time uh, letting our spirit notify our face uh, that we're joyful. They'll begin to sing and... Begin to worship exhortations given. Because our, 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 our mind.
mind's not here. Our, our heart's not here. We're thinking about all the things that's going on around us. And listen, David was one of those men uh, that got in a place that he was so di- he was so distant from the Lord uh, that he caused him to put he caused himself uh, to be in a place of compromise. And he realizes in our text tonight, uh, Brother Michael, he says, listen, I've lost something. I've lost something. And he says, Lord, I need you to restore the joy back into my life. I need you to restore the freedom back into my life. You say, say, what what does that have to do with anything? I want you to hear me tonight. The Bible tells us in Romans chapter 8, in in chapter 8 verse 15, that we have not received a spirit of bondage again to fear, but we have received a spirit of adoption. It's about time that the church comes into a worship service, goes to work, goes to school, and realizes that they are a child of God and they have not been given a spirit of fear, a spirit of bondage, but they've been given a spirit of love and of power and of a sound mind. I'll tell you what will get the attention of this lost world is not another program, it's not a good message, it's not the best worship team, it's not the best lights, it's not the best building, but it will be your joy and your freedom. Hear me tonight. Think of who we're talking about. This is David. This is a man that, that people call the warrior poet. He, he was ferocious in battle, but yet sensitive to the moving of the Spirit of God. This is a man that danced before the Lord with all of his might. That was even so bold to take off his, his kingly garment and lay it down and dance before the Lord. Does this have to do with anything, Pastor Jay? Hear me tonight. What David is saying in this text is, God, I need the joy that I had when I danced before you. I need that back. I need the freedom that I had when I danced before you. I need that back. God, I need the boldness back. I need the strength back. I need the warrior to come back. I need the joy to come back. God, I need this to come back into my life because I realize that I've been separated from you hear me today I, 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 I don't know why God has just, just quickened me in the last uh, two months and, and I, I've just begun to, to pray and, and to seek God uh, for parents Say, why? Because listen, when I was growing up in the church, and I'm not saying uh, we got to go back to go forward. When I was growing up in church, uh, there was a freedom. My mom would shout. Uh, My mom would dance. Uh, My mom would raise her hands. Uh, My mom would exhort. Uh, My father would shout. Uh, My father would dance. My father would preach. Uh, My father would attempt to sing. Uh, He would do all these things uh, because there was freedom. Uh, There was joy in his life. And I want you to know uh, that there was joy in my house, uh, even in bad situations. My parents had joy. They never dragged their situations into church. They'd come in, lay it on the altar and say, Jesus, you're still worthy. Jesus, we still love you. But hear me tonight. We're in a a state in the church where we talk about how it used to be, but our children don't know how it is. 
Our children want what the world has, and, and we, we can talk about it. Uh, why? Why do our kids want to go to concerts uh, that, that talk about nothing but junk? Uh, why do our kids want to listen to that? Why do our kids want to see this? Because when they see that atmosphere, uh, they see kids jumping up and down, hooting and hollering, uh, having a good time, and they say, oh, that's freedom. Uh, I want you to know that the enemy has mocked uh, the church. Hear me tonight. That joy is not a demonic thing that the devil came up with. No, it is a godly thing that the devil has manipulated to deceive a generation into thinking that is freedom. Hear me tonight. I love you. I love you dearly. I love your children. But I want you to know we have a state in the church where we're losing a generation. And when we talk about shouting, when we talk about rejoicing, when we talk about a prayer life, when we talk about reading uh, reading the Word of God, when we talk about all these things, our children are like, what are you talking about? That's boring. Because we haven't showed them any joy. Listen, I'll tell you tonight, I've had young people come to me, say, listen, I was approached by so-and-so. They said, why don't you get up there? Why don't you come up front? Why don't you, why don't you lead those kids? Why don't you worship? Why don't, why don't you just bring them all up front? And I said, if that person comes to you again, you can tell them one or two things. You can tell them, come see Pastor Jade, or you can turn to tell them, when you do it, I'll do it. He said, what? Listen, you want to know why this generation feels so much pressure? It's because they feel like they're leading us. Well, you got to do it because you're young. you got to do it because you're young. Church, we haven't showed them anything. David's saying, I want my joy back. I want the joy of the Lord that causes me to dance. He's saying, I want my dance back. I want my shout back. I want all those things that my mothers and my fathers told me about. I want the signs back. I want the wonders back. I want to see the Holy Spirit move. I want to see freedom. You say, oh no, you want chaos. No, 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 no. I don't want chaos. But if the Spirit's in it, it will be in order. But what we have is we sit in the church and we're afraid to move, we're afraid to speak, we're afraid to talk. When Romans 8 and 15 tells us you haven't received a spirit of bondage. We have a generation that we're losing, church. We're losing them. And what we have, and I'll be honest with you, Parents, hear me tonight. Coddling them is crippling them. You say, what do you mean? If their coach asks them to learn a new position, if their coach asks them to play a new part or learn something new, you would say, go for it. If their teacher said, you know what, you're pretty smart. I want you in advanced classes. You would say, go for it. Push yourself. But when the preacher says, hey, I want you to speak. I want you to pray. I want you to do this. I want you to do that. We say, oh, now now little Susie, she's backward and she's shy. You would push her to do anything else. Hear me. Pastor and I would never ask your children to do something we didn't believe they could do. We believe they can do it. But no, I, well, I just, I just, they, they just, I just can't do it. I, I don't feel like making them do it. I don't want to push them because if I push them too hard, they'll, they'll hate the church. 
Listen, my mother pushed me and pushed me, and look where I am. I'm in the church. I remember one time I told her, you know what, it was a Wednesday night. I said, Mom, I'm not going to church. I was eight years old and knew what I was doing. I'm not going to church. You and Dad and JB can go to church. She said, okay, stay here and get kidnapped. <laughs> Walked out the door. And I was right behind her. I didn't want to get kidnapped. You say, oh, that's awful. No, 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 no. What, what my parents were doing was saying, listen, we're going to push you in these things. We're going to push you in these things. Man, I never wanted to sing. I never liked to sing. My mom would be like, come on, sing. I remember one time I told her no. From God and everybody, I wish I'd never done that. Last whooping I ever got. It was a good one. But she was like, listen, I, we would, we would, dad would preach out. We'd quote scriptures and we'd sing songs. And people's like, man, that's crazy. That's what, why would you do that? Why would you make your kids do that? Because she would tell people, if I can get the word into them, the devil can't get it out of them. And listen, both of her boys are in church. They pushed us. I'm saying, I'm not, they're not perfect. They made mistakes. Listen. Hear me tonight. I'm, I'm not saying that they're just, I'm holding them up to a level that, that no, no, I'm not trying to get you to compare. I'm trying to get us to think, uh, what are we pushing them towards? Because if we believe in the joy of the Lord and we believe in freedom, they need to see that. We need to restore the joy of God back to our lives. Turn to your neighbor and say, I'm about to be restored. I'm about to be restored. The Bible tells us this. This is what, this is what Jesus says to a certain group, certain cities of, of the Jewish people. He says this in Matthew chapter 11. He says, and I'm going to paraphrase for the sake of time. He said, who can I compare your generation to? He said, I compare your generation to, to, to like little kids in the market. And they're playing their flutes and they're playing their music. Uh, but you don't dance. You can read it. It's in, it's in Matthew chapter 11. And he said, and, and they ask you, why aren't you dancing? And they ask you, why aren't you praying? Why aren't you lamenting? Why aren't you praying for repentance? Why aren't you getting a hold of God? Listen, church, I don't want this generation to be known as such. Because one generation was playing a song and the other generation was saying, listen, we ain't dancing to that. I will, I, will, I will drop a truth bomb on you right here. Young people are not like old people. Old people are not like young people. They like different things. They like different stuff. That's all right. We need that. These kids may jump up and down and you may have shouted bobby pins out of your hair. That's all right. But if we can come and undergird this next generation and say, you know what? You worship you just go and worship. You just be free. Because David was saying in this, this passage of scripture through the distance, he was saying, that's what I want back. I want the joy. I want the freedom. I want that back. And hear me tonight, church. I want that back in the churches across this nation where parents are leading their children. Listen, you're not raising children. You're raising adults. You say, what does that mean? You're raising children to become adults. 
But what we've done in the last 20 years is we've raised kids to grow up, get a degree, and be kids. Because we don't want to push them. We don't want to, don't want to offend them. Don't want them to, hey, listen, hear me tonight. I love you. But we've got to get some joy back. We've got to get some freedom back. Because if we don't, our children won't have it. Listen, if I'm absent of something, I can't hand it down. Stand with me tonight. The Bible tells us this. In Acts chapter 2. Yeah, it's about time for me to come down here. I just can't help it. I have to. Acts chapter 2, the Bible tells us that the day of Pentecost is happening. And Peter steps out of the upper room. And does anybody know what he says first? The first thing he says, because there's such freedom and such boldness in the 120, first thing he says, Jeremy, is they're not drunk as you think they are. He had to clarify. Listen, I know you think we're crazy, and we kind of are, but this is not what you think it is. He says, this is that which the prophet Joel spoke about, that I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. You hear me say this. I've preached about it. I've talked about it in private conversations. But I'm Pentecostal to the core. And I'm not Pentecostal because I think it's how I was raised and I just, I should be that way. No, I was raised in Pentecost. But I wasn't just raised in it, Kelly. I was shown it. I was shown it. And then I encountered it. And it made me act a little different. I wasn't always cool about singing. I really didn't even start like singing, singing until I was like 18. Because my mom said, listen, if you don't use it, you'll lose it. I was like, you can't, someone can't lose the ability to sing. No, she said, you'll lose the anointing to do it. I never wanted to play the piano. She said, listen, you play the piano to help your ministry. I said, mom, I don't, my ministry? I said, I don't even preach. She said, learn it. It'll help your ministry. But mom, I don't preach. No, you need to learn it. She said, I know what you're called to be. She would push and she would push. Why? Because she wanted me to have the joy she had. She wanted me to experience the freedom that she had. And I pray that you want that for your children. And I believe you do. And I'm not saying it needs to be hairpins flying all over the place again. And we need to be hiding kids under seats to protect them from people shouting. I'm not saying that's how it's got to be. But I'm saying we should have boldness and freedom and joy to move 
with the Holy Ghost. Because that's what David was saying. He even said, I want you to put the praise. If you go down in the next, he said, I want you to put the praise back in my mouth. Restore the joy. But I'm tempted. This is what the Bible says in James. Count it all joy when you're tempted. The Bible says that the joy of the Lord is our strength. When you can come in here and drop the things of the day and just smile because you're in the presence of the Lord. The Bible says that weeping endures for a night, but joy comes in the morning. We need the joy restored. We need the freedom restored. The Bible says in 2 Corinthians chapter 3 and verse 17 that where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. But he tells us in 1 Corinthians chapter 6, this is what Paul says, through the unction of the Holy Spirit, that you are the temple of the Holy Ghost. So wherever the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. And you're the temple of the Holy Ghost. That means He lives on the inside of you. Wherever you go, there should be freedom. Restore the joy. Restore the freedom. Because this generation needs to see. I'm not talking that they just need to see emotionalism. But what, what I would say is oftentimes when we would have a, a, what we call a barn burner, you know, a shout down. Shout down, shout down, hoe down is what we called them sometimes, you know, making fun of them when we was young. But, but I would see the gifts move. Tongues, interpretation, healings. Because people were willing to be obedient. So hear me tonight. I'm just going to ask you to find yourselves a place to pray. As Sister Melissa sings. And just ask, God, restore the joy. Restore the peace. You may feel very distant. Maybe you're like David and you've just, David failed. He failed. He made a big mistake. But maybe you failed. Maybe you just feel distant. But just come and say, God, restore the joy. I want to be, the, the, the David was saying, I want to be the worshiper I, I once was. I want you to move on me like you did when I faced Goliath, when I faced the bear, when I faced the lion. I, I need that anointing back on my life. Don't let your Holy Spirit depart from me. So come. These altars are open tonight. If you want to pray at your seat, you can pray at your seat. But I'm going to invite you to just a time of prayer. And just ask God to restore the joy. Restore the peace. Restore the freedom tonight. Hey everyone, uh, Cameron here from PTC Ministries. I'm so glad that you could join us today uh, for the message here. Uh, I hope the message touched you uh, in a personal way and that you could take that and mold that and move it and let it move you in your life. And as you can continue your walk with Christ, continue your walk with us as well. Follow us, uh, click in the link below in the description there. Follow us on all of our social media platforms and don't forget to uh, like and subscribe. I feel like a YouTuber here, but don't forget to like and subscribe to our YouTube channel to uh, stay connected with us. Um, and thank you for joining us.